Nice. No drums were injured in the recording of Final Countdown. Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Draft Politics. I'm Steve, and with me here, as always... It's EJ. We're, we're, we're almost there. It's, it is the final countdown. And true story, you know, when you turned that on, in my head, I heard the announcer, the PA announcer from the Palace of Auburn Hills back in the bad boys days of the Pistons because they always came out to that. Okay. And it was, and in my, it was like, you know, six foot eight from wherever the heck he was, Bill Lambeer, you know, like that was, so good shout out oh, yeah. to Michigan. Good oh, shout yeah. out to Swing State. It's swing it's states totally appropriate. So, swing uh, so series. speaking of swing states, thanks to think swing state series. So, what are you drinking today, sir? Uh, I am drinking a sour IPA from Waypost Brewery, that is in Fenville, Michigan, which is in Allegan County. So that's on the west side. That sounds like a lot of flavors, possibly not working with each other. But I, it's delicious. Is it okay? It's delicious, and I'm drinking it from my. Dad jokes, dive bars, uh, Steve Bullock for Senate glass. Beautiful. And it's quite tasty. It really is good. We bought a case last week and of these 500 mil bottles, and it was a, an assortment. And it was like all profits went to a dog rescue as well. So oh, nice. Waypost in Allegan, they had some open seating there. So they had some outdoor spaces that were nice and spread apart with heaters. Um, looked beautiful. They've got blueberry bushes out front. It looks like a winery. It's set in this beautiful area. If you've never been to Allegan County, the west side of Michigan, just it's just beautiful. It's just Excellent. beautiful. Excellent. All right. What about you? Uh, I am going with a uh, a local beer, uh, Le Chouf from. Okay, actually, this is Belgian. Um, I don't know why, but I really wanted to have a nice Belgian beer today. Uh, I know this is completely off brand for us. But, you know, maybe, maybe we're bringing the world together. You know, this, the, the election, it's all coming together. I, I don't know. I just really want that beer. <laughs> it, it is it's a strong beer. So that, this is an 8% alcohol. So that's, that's, that's probably another good reason. And Belgium's out of hospital beds, evidently. So. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's. Glad I could remind everybody of that by drinking this beer. Anyhow. Nice. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's timely. Okay, so we've got a few days left. We've got a few days left. I, it has been a long, crazy time. The crazy is not over. I am, I am sure the crazy is not over. Uh, and we'll talk, I think, a little bit about that crazy. I think, you know, um, last two days, I think I want to talk just a little bit about kind of what we're doing over the next few days. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what your plans are um, from now uh, from now until, you know, Tuesday night or Friday, whenever we know the results. But what are you up to? What's your, what's your sort of stress management? Uh, so information flow. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I've developed a little carpal tunnel in this finger because that's the one I used to click to refl- refresh five thirty eight. Um, F five. That's that's looking F5. good. Um. 
But yeah, no. So what I'm doing, um, I actually am taking uh, a couple days off around the election. Uh, my company actually gives us the day off on election day. Uh, that's oh, that's great. This year. So that's that's a good thing. Your company is uh, Salesforce. I think we should say that. I think yes, you know, yes. when companies do that, an awesome give them a shout out. Et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, Monday, um, I'm going to be just taking the day off. Um, probably, well, I'm going to be doing some phone banking. Uh, that's great. my plan for that day. And, you know, maybe go for a long walk, play some video games, just try not to like obsess too much. Um, I actually took the day off because I'm like, I'm not going to get any work done anyhow. I just know that. Yeah. So better to just commit to that. Uh, and then Tuesday, I'm going to be doing, um, there's uh, some election protection uh, stuff. There's a place you can sign up um, to do, uh, you can, like they can either do in-person work or yeah. you can do virtual work. Like monitoring Twitter and, and Reddit and things like that to see people who are talking about, you know, oh, cool. their voting rights are being violated or whatever. And so helping to connect them to, to attorneys and, and all that. So that's great. Um, yeah. So that is, that is my game plan. Um, I know you've been doing a lot of get out the vote work, uh, but what do you have planned? Yeah. I, Katie and I are both doing stuff. Uh, she's, she's putting in a tremendous amount of work. So um, shout out to Katie. Uh, the last couple of days, Thursday and Friday, she took off. Uh, she's taken off Monday and Tuesday as well. So Thursday and Friday, she was in Wisconsin as a, a poll watcher, um, just knowing the rules and helping people when she can. Uh, yeah. And then today she and tomorrow, she's knocking doors in Allegan County. So she was in Fenville. She was in Covert. She was in uh, South Haven um, okay. today. Uh, a really interesting story. She was... Uh, you know, canvassing. And it's, a, it's an interesting deal. And something I had not really considered, but she has to drive between the houses, right? There's no, you know, because it's, it's, it's reasonably it's rural out, yeah. where she is. Yeah. And so she had parked and was in a driveway and came up and talked to talked to somebody blueberry farmer, um, who grew up in Chicago, turns oh, out. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, parade behind her. You just you just like pause there for a second. I don't know if that's my stream, your stream, or or what. But you said oh, it's a blueberry me. farmer, and then it kind of paused for a second. So yeah, the internet has not been great here. Thanks, Comcast. So yes, yeah, she couldn't leave the location because there was a parade of uh, vehicles with Trump flags and whatnot oh, Jesus. Uh, behind her. So it was a. Uh, but you yeah, know, so she ended up having a really great conversation with the the folks there. But, you know, that's an interesting thing is that, you know, fine, they're doing their, their Trump train and going around their flags and all that sort of stuff. But then, like, you know, she's going to the actual door and talking to an actual voter and, and right. you know, possibly getting them out. So, yeah, you know, plus one so, for her there. Yeah, exactly. So, and, uh, you know, she's doing that uh, today and tomorrow. Monday, she's going to be doing some phone banking. Tuesday, she's going to be poll watching again in Milwaukee. Um, I did some text banking already today for Pennsylvania. I did some phone banking for North Carolina yesterday. I am a terrible phone banker, but I'm going to keep trying. Do a little more for PA today, a little bit tomorrow. Monday, I'm knocking doors in Wisconsin. Um, I don't know what I'm doing Tuesday. I mean, I know what I'm doing Tuesday. I know exactly what I'm doing Tuesday, but I don't know what I'm doing earlier in the day. So uh, I've got to figure that out. I'm, I'm taking that day off as well. Um, yeah, it's, you know... I think for me, it's got to be active measures to to stay focused and, you know, stay a little bit de-stressed. Yeah, at least gives you a sense of like you're, you're having some, gives you a vague sense of control over the situation, even if you ultimately yeah. don't have any control over it. 
Totally so, fake. Totally fake. Whatever works for you. You know, yeah. and I think it's it, it's worth saying, like, if this election simply comes down to Trump getting his voters out versus Biden getting his voters out, Trump loses. Like, it just that's just what's going to happen. Um, it, it Where it, the margins of this possibly come into play are, you know, what votes get counted based on what rules that have been, you know, either stated or, you know, ruled on by the judges. That's where things get a little bit iffier. Yeah. But yeah. if we're just talking about just pure motivating voters to go and actually go do the voting, you know, I'm pretty, pretty sure that Biden wins that. So I, I, I hope so. I mean, you know, I think one of the realities is that people when they're ahead, they convince themselves they're behind. And where the, when they're behind, they convince themselves that they can still win. And, you know, 2016 still, still is in everybody's mind. So yeah. we've had a couple of comments from, uh, from someone about, you know, Michael Moore, you know, sort of sounding the alarm bells in Michigan and generally saying like, oh, you know, there are a lot more Trump voters than you think. Or, and, and look, I, he may believe that he may have knowledge we don't, he may be still feeling like we don't want to take anything for granted. I mean, I remember going in, you know, at this point in 2016, feeling pretty good about things. Um, I feel worse about things now, even though the numbers are a lot better and, you know, the polling's a lot better and a lot yeah. more solid and a yeah. lot. I've gotten way deeper into the numbers this year than I did in 2016. Um, yeah. And here's the other thing that I thought was really, really interesting. Um, just thinking mentally about how I felt about the last couple of elections, the, the Obama Romney election, 2012, like Obama was only up by like, the polls had him up by like a point and a half or something or less yep. nationally. And I went into that election thing and he's definitely going to win. And like, I didn't have any of the stress that I did in 2016 oh, yeah. or now, you know, and it, it, <coughs> it really surprises me. And it, it, it surprised me when I recognized that and it helped frame it a little bit in my head, like, okay, well, you know what, maybe I am, you know, the extenuating circumstances are, forcing my objectivity sort of out the window a little bit. Yeah. So. Well, you know, and another thing that I was think, actually thinking about that election is because if I'm remembering that, um, that was the election where a lot of what Fox News is saying, a lot was being said on the right was Romney's got this in the bag. And, you know, and an election night unfolds and then it turns out that he doesn't. And so there was a sort of like what happened in this sort of jarring moment of reality meets uh, this sort mm. of the Fox News bubble and yeah. and there was that dissonance there. And I feel like that same thing's going to happen this time, except that the margins are going to be much wider and the distance is going to be like, I think there's going to be a certain amount of people who are just going to say that this is clearly the only explanation because Fox News has been telling them everything's fine for so long that clearly the only explanation is something something was stolen here, something was robbed, some mm. exploit has happened. Um, but you know, well, let's I, talk about predictions then. Yeah, what I mean, about? I think that like I want to like that's the sort of stuff that like my brain starts spinning on like okay, well this happens and then the Michigan militias and and like no 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 stop it doesn't it, you can't do anything about it I yeah. it, like the only thing we can do is make, do our best to make sure that that margin is as wide as possible for yeah. Biden to win yeah. and then yeah. we'll deal with whatever comes after that if anything comes after that um, yeah. 
Uh, oh, one quick story, because you mentioned Michael Moore, I want to throw this out there. Um, just talk about kind of the way his mind works. Um, I got a chance to kind of hang out amongst a group of people who were, and he came and hung out with us. It was, you know, and chatted with us and it was cool. Um, this is last year. And uh, he was talking about what he was thinking would happen with the primaries. And he was pushing to get Mich Michelle Obama to jump into the race. Like that's where he wow. was at. So yeah, not even close. So, uh, but I think there's like a lot of people who they, they, are always going to be a little bit, if you take the over under on our democracy, they will always take the under. And I feel yeah. like Michael Moore is one of those people. Uh, well, and sometimes yeah. they're right, but they're always going to take the under. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as we, you know, again, as the people who care a lot and, and there is something to be said for, you know, so much of the narrative being driven by us crazy people who have been talking about the election for over a year, you know, I can, I can see the doom and gloom message as being one that people use to motivate people. We can't take anything for granted, you know, like, yeah. and, and Michael Moore, you know, he, he thrives on controversy a little bit. And um, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Michael Moore. You know why? Because there are better things to talk about. Yes. So EJ, are you taking the over or under on this election? Uh, I don't, I don't, wait, uh, uh, that it happens? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think, you know what? The election is actually going to happen. Like, let's start there. Because we had talked about people yeah. freaking out for the longest time. Like, oh, Trump's going to just like not even have the election. He's going to declare a national emergency. Blah, blah. The election is going to happen. It's going to happen on Tuesday. So that nightmare scenario has never come even close to passing. Right. So the, the election is going to happen. Right. Um, you know, I, I think. It's already that, happening. It's been happening for weeks. That's a really great point. Yes. It is already, the election has already surpassed, you know, again, we've talked about Texas before. Texas has already surpassed the votes. We've had more early votes in Texas uh, th this year than we had in 2016 in total, which yes. again, should just blow you away. Like it, it is amazing. You know, there've been 90 million votes, 90, yeah, 90 million, 500,000 votes returned as of today. Yes. That's insane. I mean, insane in a good way, right? Like this is yeah. a very good, well, people are engaged. I, now I don't know what that's going to mean for election day. Like if people just aren't going to show, you know, like, oh, well, you know, but hopefully the polling places are very quiet and people can relax and, you know, not get infected with COVID and it'll all be great. I, I believe there are going to be super long lines in every, every pink to red state, you know, purple to red state, in every urban area. I think we're gonna have super, super long lines on election day. Well, the other thing to re remember is that although Democrats clearly were the ones who are more pushing for mail-in voting because they're more sort of in tune with, hey, COVID's a thing. Um, a lot of Democrats also decided because they were concerned about votes not getting counted to instead shift back to voting on election day or, or to voting in person in some fashion, so. yeah. Um, yeah. Or just dropping off their ballots when they can. I mean, yeah. I, I, I am continually surprised, you know, trying to call around to places and like, like the rules in every state are so hard to follow. Um, I yeah. hope that I hope that people are getting the resources they need. And and actually, my my one really good conversation yesterday with a voter in North Carolina was about, you know, where she can vote early and where her normal polling place is. And, you know, it's changed. And 
you know, it was a, an older African-American woman. She said she's never missed a vote, but she had some personal things going on. So, you know, Lucille may bring it home for us. Uh, you know, hopefully that helps. But, but knowledge is power here, right? And I know my kids are going to be talking about voter suppression in class on Monday. And um, in talking to their teacher, it was, you know, my assertion, and this is probably wrong, but, you know, is that the biggest chunk of voter suppression is changing information on people, changing the game without telling them. Um, making yeah. people jump through hoops that they didn't know existed, um, making the rules unintuitive and hard to discover uh, yeah. so that, you know, the rug can be well, pulled out from under them. Like, even if you look at like all the different rules for how mail-in voting works, like here in, in Illinois, um, I sign my ballot, I put it in the envelope, or I sign, excuse me, I sign the outside of the envelope. The ballot is I was going to say, don't sign your ballot. What are you right. doing? Uh, and so that's how that works. Right. And, and if I have somebody else deliver it, they sign and you know, and then, okay, fine. Yeah. Some states you have to have no, you have to have it notarized. Some states you have to have a copy of your ID in the envelope. Um, or in Pennsylvania, you've got to have your ballot in the secrecy envelope. Yeah. No and, naked ballots, no yeah. naked ballots. And then, um, uh, a friend of mine uh, works uh, at, at an organization that deals with a lot of people who are effectively homeless and trying to get them able to vote is a huge hassle. Like, because you, you know, like they don't have a residence. And so there's like letters that have to happen. Blah, blah, blah. Like we try to make voting so hard for people. And, and even, even in Chicago, for some people, it's a lot yeah. harder than it needs to be. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I think that's one of the things that like, my hope is if Biden wins, that there's going to be some effort invested in making voting easier for everybody across the country. And I, you know, like I'm the sort of person who I've gone and like handed out slate cards at a polling place. And so if you're not familiar with what a slate card is, it's a little, you know, little, little piece of cardboard, whatever that has all the like, hey, if you're voting for Obama, also vote for these three other people. Like that's yeah. what the slate card is. And so this is possibly the most thankless job in, in politics because you hand that out and like 99.99% of people have zero interest in, in that. They're annoyed by you being there in the first place. Every so oh, often I've done run to somebody who's handing it out. And, oh, yeah. and I got to do this at a, uh, in a Republican part of a district. And so nobody liked me just purely because I was there in the first place. And uh, but I was still like happy to see them. I'm like, I'd try to hand them a card and it'd be like, screw Obama or whatever. And I'd be like, well, thanks for coming out and voting. Like, I, I love democracy. It's really cool. I, we should do more of it. Um, ah, democracy. You know, like yeah. I like my, you know, my, my family, generally speaking, votes Republican. Like, no, no, good. You guys should get out and vote. Express, you know, fortunately they're in state where yeah. it's not going to matter. But, you know, vote anyhow. <laughs> Okay, so um, yes, back to where other we predictions. Were. predictions. Predictions. Yes. So uh, over or mean? under, sir? I, I look. I'm. I. I believe in the strength of the democracy here in the United States. Yeah. I think. I think the majority of people. And and here's the other thing, right? In the last election, non-voters won. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. you know, if, if all the people, if all the people who didn't vote had voted for somebody else, that person would have won. So, you know, yes, there's hyper-partisanship. It's, it's really bad. Um, but it still is not even the plurality of people. 
who are and I, and, I, and I just need to say like the, the hyperness of it is far more of a problem of the right than it is of the left but but continue no i I, I would agree I, yeah. I would absolutely agree yep um, so I think it'll all work out in the end um, I think that you know, I don't know if you saw this today, but there was a, a campaign event in Texas that was canceled because an armed group of Trump supporters were on the freeway, surrounded the campaign bus, were ramming cars that were associated with the campaign, trying to force the bus off the road. Yeah. And like, that's terrifying, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I think we will see more of those kinds of things. I think we will see armed, you know, Trump supporters. Yeah. You know, I, I, and in fairness, you could see armed, um, you know, armed Biden supporters potentially in some urban areas. But I think mostly you're going to see armed Trump supporters buzzing around polls in certain states, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Michigan. I mean, Michigan, the Michigan Secretary of State said you couldn't have guns at polls and uh that was overturned it was just like just yeah i mean it, those things are the scary things for me right like when when you talk to people who are involved in making sure elections in places without strong democracies go well you know they will tell you guns and democracy don't mix Right, like that's just just right there. Like you, you don't need a killing implement right. at a polling place ever. Yes. That's that's a little scary. I, and I and I think that that's going to happen. I think people are are prepared for it though, and I think that they're going to push through. I don't think that that's going to. I don't think that there's going to actually be violence um, on election day. I think people are are going to be intimidated, but they're going to be undaunted, and. We're going to see super yeah. long lines. In and I think also that there's places. more mail-in voting, more early voting. Like a lot of people have sort of avoided those scenarios at all just by simply just not being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would recommend, and this is just a brief aside, but NPR has, you know, a, a podcast called Throughline. Um, and they've done a, several on voting and they're very, very good. Um, you talked about your slate cards before that used to be how people voted. They would come with a, a ballot that was given to them, printed by a party, um, oh, yeah. usually found in a partisan newspaper. So, I mean, it's very good. It's very interesting to listen listen to, you know, when pe people think like, wow, you know, this is unprecedented, you know, this kind of, you know, the threat of violence, I, I don't even understand. Like, there are times in this country's history where people were killed trying to vote and not, you know, not, oh, yeah. you know, newly minted citizens after, after the Civil War. We're talking about, you know, in the early 1800s, you know, like people trying to deliver their ballot to, you know, to the polling place and killed on the way because, you know, people knew who they were voting for. And that's, that was scary then and we got through it and we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. What do you think about the polls? Let's get a little lighter. So, so you know, if you look at all the polls and everything, you're like, you know, like 538's got Biden to win like eh, 90 times out of 100, which is uh, not quite as safe as I'd like it to be. <laughs> yeah, like to yeah, I think it's important but... to recognize, like, they're allowing for a certain amount of unknowns 
mostly because of mail-in voting and, and like yeah. all of the sort of like things that might come into play around that. There's, so they built uncertainty in their model that, that reflects that. Um, you saw that in 2016, they had some uncertainty built into it, but that was because of the number of, uh, of voters who had not made a choice yet. Yeah. Um, that's not in play this time. There are some undecided voters, but they're relatively few and they don't really, see, in most places, they don't really make up for the margin between Biden and Trump. So um, yeah. that's what we're hoping for anyway, right? You know, yeah. it's sort of that kind of combination of margin of error of the polls and. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and there's and, no Jill Stein this time. There's no like. Gary Johnson. Yeah. There's no I mean, Gary, there is, Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson running, five, but, you know, it's not a, he's not a thing. No, he's not a thing. And is Kanye's running mate? That would I don't know. Kanye's somewhere on the ballot. Um, somewhere. somewhere on the ballot. But I, you know, every every model has, you know, Biden with a clear advantage, you know, and I think everybody has backed off a little bit because they don't want to, you know, be yeah, caught out like they were in 2016. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Um, well, what's interesting actually is the 538 model is more bullish for Biden than it ever was for Clinton, yeah. which, which is some is is yeah. saying something I you know we well, talk about five thirty eight a lot. Well, go yeah, ahead. I mean, what you saw in their model the, with Clinton was these huge swings. Is like okay, yeah. like something big would happen that would help Clinton, and we get. I mean, it actually got almost as high as was for Biden, but it'd be there briefly, and then it would shrink back down and come back up again. And I think right. a lot of that does reflect that uncertainty that that we had in 2016. Yeah. 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 But, and, and you don't see that here, right? The yeah. polls have all been pretty steady, you know, like there are, you know, there are outliers either side, you get some weirdness in, you know, some partisan pollsters like Trafalgar group and Rasmussen and um, yeah. the, what is it, the PPP or something, which is on the, you know, on the democratic side. Which I'm, um, I'm super tired of hearing about the Trafalgar group because they clearly have latched onto the PR value of, we got it right in 2016. Like, okay, once again, you chose the under and happened to be right this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, look, I, when I look at the polls, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. I'd like that New York Times like says, like, if the polling error is the same as it was in 2016, which was super outlierish yeah. anyway... Biden still wins. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, like oh, yeah. So like last time the outlaw, it was 5% in favor of Trump. Uh, you know, like the, basically the, the, the difference ended up benefiting Trump by 5% on election day. Um, yeah. Two to 4% is typically what you see. Um, so it was an outlier and it went poorly for us. Had it been only 4%, Clinton wins. So, you know, obviously, obviously the polling reflects who actually votes. It's the votes that matter people, but that's you true. I mean. So please vote yeah. and wear a mask and vote yes. and wear a mask. Both of those Although, things. you know, had the polls actually been more correct, people may have been a little more motivated to check the box on Clinton rather than just simply like, ah, I don't like her and not do it. I, I think that that's true, right? I think, yeah. But I, I don't know how many Johnson Clinton voters there would have been. Yeah. Um, but again, if you look, I, there, there are a couple things that make me feel a little good like Florida. So when you talk about the, you know, the fear here, right, let's, let's name it, right, is that there are, you know, the silent majority, the shy Trump voter. Um, Not a thing. 
<laughs> I, again, I don't believe that's a thing anymore. I, you know, given the fact that, you know, Trump voters were willing to go out on a public street with guns and try to ram a bus off the road. I think that that's probably, you know, but if probably, he called them up as a pollster, they'd be like, mm, I'll go for Biden. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, they'll hang up on you. Um, but, but even with the polling air, you know, in 2016, the polls in Florida were pretty close to right. So in Florida's a big state. Trump can't win without Florida. I mean, there's, there's like no world where he wins without Florida. Like there's no world where he wins Florida and doesn't win Pennsylvania, right? Like Pennsylvania and Florida, the two most important states, I think by a, a country mile. Um, the polling in Florida, the polling in 2016 of Florida was pretty good. It would only get better this year. Um, and I think he won by two points in 2016, uh, 123,000 votes, give or take. Um, turnout's already up. I, I, I think, you know, so, and Florida is going to come in early, right? Because Florida can start, start counting early. We'll know Florida by the end of the night, um, which is an important, an important thing. So, yeah. Uh, okay. What else are you thinking? What's, what's your, do you, okay. do you want to, do you want to call the, do you want to yeah. so, call the election? So, here is my my current logic here, and I will just be completely honest in the fact that I I, I tend to lean optimist on these things, uh, if for no other reason than it helps me keep my mental health uh, uh, through sure. the election. I'd rather assume that uh, uh, you know I'm not going to have you know four years of further fascism to deal with. Um, so that said, here is kind of my working mental model around this. Uh, first that this election is going to be more like 2018 than it was like 2016. That 2018 went as well as it did. And, and keeping in mind that everybody is predicting a certain amount of congressional districts flipping, and it was quite a bit more than that. And that I think the reason why we had such a strong turnout in 2018 didn't have to do with healthcare or anything like that. It was people who were looking forward to voting against Trump in any way, shape, or form that they could. Yeah. And so that's what you saw in 2018. Now, obviously in 2020, Trump's actually on the ballot. And so he's going to have his people wanting to come out and support him. So that's a factor here. But I think the people who are, you know, not as good at doing the abstraction of if I vote for this congressperson, it's a pushback against Trump, are going to be out there and saying, to hell with that guy. So I feel like fundamentally it's going to be more like 2018 than 2016. So that's point one. Point two is all of our concerns around early voting. Okay, so we're all like, or excuse me, mail-in voting. We're all concerned about like, well, the votes get there and then the signatures don't match and then they have court fights over it and things show up late and whatever. So normally what we see is like a one to 2% rejection rate of balance, right? We see, you know, where it's like, it was the signature didn't match or it showed up too late and thus we're not gonna count it. Okay, but at the same time, we're seeing uh, more people voting because they are doing mail-in voting. Mm. And we, you know, we've had people who are advocates for mail-in voting saying it increases turnout. Well, we've got a proof because Texas is proving it. Um, they have more people who have voted already than voted in all of 2016. Yeah. <laughs> so we're still get, you know, still got these couple more days of early voting and then the actual election before we get to the final turnout. So turnout is way up over 2016. Now, if you're looking at 2016 versus 2020, 
Do you think that Trump voters are that much more excited than they were in 2016? I can't imagine how they they could be. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I mean, I mean, actually, I think a certain proportion of them are. But but I guess what I would what I'm getting at is there are these people who are like, I'll vote for Trump because I'm a Republican and I you know and I don't like yeah. Clinton and yada yada yada. Those people are not going to be like those are the people who are going to be potentially voting for Biden this time. Anybody who's like sort of that, like, I don't see how Trump pushes his numbers up beyond 2016. Like that was his best case scenario because he was running against somebody that a lot of people didn't like. And nobody really knew a lot about Trump. Um, They could sort of put their own sort of vision of what is he actually going to be? Is he actually corrupted by Russians or is he, uh, uh, you know, a successful business person? You know? Uh, Yeah, it says President Trump. I'm not corrupted by the Russians. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of my my thinking here is that, yes, you're going to lose some votes to to disenfranchisement of the votes by mail, but you're going to be gaining, I feel like, as much, if not more votes because people are able to vote by mail and you are going to be having people voting in greater numbers. Um, You know, they're not waiting. They're not going to have to deal with a two hour line to vote and say, screw it. You know, so none of that's going to happen because they just did it early. So that's my okay. Point. Well, so let's yeah. go through some states. Florida, Who uh, you got? Florida, Florida goes to Biden. Okay. Um, Georgia goes to Biden. Pennsylvania goes to Biden. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, so you're saying Biden might win? That's uh, yes, that's pretty good. Yes. Okay, I, yeah. I'm saying Biden wins. Okay. Um, let's start there. Yeah. So Pennsylvania is going to be an interesting one because I feel like. Trump has put all his eggs into trying to hack the vote in Pennsylvania in some fashion. And so I think that 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 will potentially drag out for a long time. And there's like, I've heard scenarios where it's like, well, if they don't have it settled by December 8th, then the legislature, who is a Republican legislature, might just cast the electoral votes for Trump over Biden, even though the vote, like, like there's all kinds of weird shenanigans that happen in Pennsylvania. But I think if Trump is losing Florida, and he loses Wisconsin, and he loses Michigan, et cetera, et cetera, Pennsylvania is not going to matter at that point. And nobody's going to want to burn themselves to save Trump if it's very clear he's going to lose anyhow. So that's my theory on Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm I'm, Uh, I'm really more interested in the Georgia prediction. So is Connie, Connie in the chat. So Georgia, let me go back to, let me go back to the numbers. Uh, so 538, let's see, last time I was looking, and I, I keep looking at 538 just because that's just, you know, they have a pretty good model, yada, yada, yada. So they are putting Georgia as narrowly for Biden at this point by like 1%. Yeah, 58 to 42 is the... So if, if my logic is mail-in votes are, are, the negatives on mail-in votes are offset by the positives of mail-in votes. Yeah. As long as the polling isn't, dra- isn't against Biden, so like we don't have like that polling error going against Biden. And my theory sure. here is the polling error will be in Biden's benefit because all of those pollsters who got burned in 2016 are going to be pushing themselves to be as sort of pro-Trump with their polling as they can be. I, I think people don't want to make the same mistake twice. I totally exactly. agree with you. Exactly. So I feel like it's maybe a small push towards Biden, but I feel like it's probably... You know, it's not going like it's not going to be a four percent push for Trump. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think so too. I, 
I don't think we could possibly see that that yeah. vote. So okay, so Georgia so, goes. Georgia goes. Here's okay. Here's, here's the bold prediction, everybody. Okay. Here's okay. the one. Here, here's. I know where you're me, going with this. Let me let me take it aside for a moment. Um, thing about punditry that you need to understand is that bold predictions have a, have value because bold predictions oh, right. people are like excited and interested and they're going to remember that if you get it right. If you get it wrong, they're probably going to forget you made the prediction anyhow. So better yeah. to go bold. Only upside. Only upside on those. Uh, Texas. Show me. Biden. Texas. Yeah, there we go. You know it's going to be Texas when somebody's like, I'm going to say this because I can't have any downside. Okay, yes. so, so, so here's my logic here. So now let me, let me say I don't think Ohio or Iowa is going for Biden. I think like that's, I think those are lost causes at this point. But Texas, even though the polling models suggest Texas is a little further down the line, I think Texas, because historically it is a state that does not vote, rather than a state that is Republican. That's, that's where this shifts. And so I think that the, because there's such high turnout, that Texas is going to go for Biden. And we might even pick up a Senate seat there. That's, that's an outlier, but you never know. Yesterday. Um, you dropped out there for a second. Or I, I know. I know I did. No, it's me. It's okay. me. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing all of the things on my war room here, just saying like, you know what? Your internet sucks. So should be good now. So I had a conversation with my neighbor yesterday who had been doing some calling for Beto O'Rourke in 2018 and uh, got somebody on the phone who immediately yelled at him for talking too fast, like, and I quote, a damn Yankee, good band, <laughs> um, weak insult. And then said, F you, I'm voting for Trump or voting for Cruz and hung up on him. Um, so that's my picture of Texas. I think that it's a bold, it's a bold prediction. So you're saying Georgia goes, Georgia goes Biden, Texas goes Biden. Uh, Connie is asked, what do you think about Alabama? Uh, Alabama is going to go for Trump. However, yeah. I think she's probably talking about the Senate race because that's the much more interesting thing. Uh, I don't see, I don't see that going well. <laughs> um, it's Alabama people. Uh, uh, you know, even even if there's a surge in Biden support, it's still Alabama. <laughs> I, I think it. I think Alabama will be closer. I, I think generally speaking, all of the races are closer than are going to be closer than we think they are. That on both sides, right? So, like, I think Alabama. I think Trump is going to win, but it's going to be by like three points, yeah, as opposed to whatever he wanted in 2016 by like nine or ten. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, think like, that, yeah, yeah, but like Senate, Alabama, like he's running against or, a football coach. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> okay, so any other bold predictions there? Uh, North Carolina, there's a battleground. Yeah, I mean, North if he's Carolina, winning Texas that's, that's and Florida, he's got to win. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, okay. Yeah, and like if you look at the Senate, um, you know, I feel like the Democrats probably going to have 51 seats, maybe 52, but um, 51 is kind of, I think, a reasonable number. But, you know, it depends. Like Texas, I mean, right now it's pretty heavily for Corman. So does that, you know, if, if my thought is we have a big surge in turnout, does that help? I think the margins are probably a little bit too big at this point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you never know. Although I don't think anybody cares about Corman, right? Like, right. it's hard to get fired up about a Senate seat. I mean, they are in Arizona, Mark Kelly. Although, can I tell you that I'm sick of the Mark Kelly texts that say, 
bad news. Mark Kelly in a recent poll showed his tide. I'm like, no, I'm not going to give. I, look, I bought the shirt. I'm giving you a bunch of money. Like, I'm not going to give it. Yeah. Like, I, Rasmussen I got, like, has him has him ahead. If Rasmussen has him ahead, he's going to win. Yeah. Right? Like, just, just, just leave me alone. Oh, and I did get my, like, ones. Mark Kelly spatial shirt, by the way. I'm not wearing it's it It's a good today, one. But Cargo. It is a great shirt. So. It's a good shirt. Okay, so. All right. So, so what what's, that, your, what's your total then? What's your total? So the total I came up with, let me go back mm-hmm. to my, uh, my reference here. So the total I came up with was, well, that was actually before I flipped Texas. So let me I find. mean, if you've got Texas and Florida, you're, you're talking. It's like 400 something. I forget Oof. what the, yeah. I, I, I had this up earlier and took a screenshot and then forgot to catch the number. So I'm going to look this up again so here. In essence, a huge blowout. For Biden. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, four hundred and twelve for Biden. Four twelve. That's a big number. Now, even if he doesn't get Texas, if you we just take Texas out of the equation, because you know Steve just being crazy. Yeah. Biden's right. still winning three seventy four. Yeah. To one sixty four. Okay. Um, I have it quite a bit closer. Okay. So all right, let's get to your get to your thinking. All right. Uh, Fewer bold predictions. I think it goes to Trump Ugh. by less than a point but I think it okay. goes to Trump. Okay. Um, Texas, I think goes to Trump. I don't, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I would love to see, I would love to see Biden win there. You know, I'm, I actually think that the, the, the terrible stuff happening right now actually helps Biden a little bit. Um, Cause it just makes, it, makes Trumpism that much more of a thing. Yeah. And it might help some of those independents be like, I'm kind of done with this. Uh, yeah. And I think even, so, so what happened to Hillary Clinton in 2016, I think will happen to Donald Trump in 20, 2020, which is people will think that their vote is safe because they're in Texas or they're yeah. in Georgia or they're in Alabama. And they'll be like, I, I need to send some message, right? So they'll be, you know, third party... Or like they'll vote for the senator, but they're not going to vote for Trump. Right. Or they'll leave the top of the ticket blank. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of undercounts in the presidential, which is a problem, which is, you know, something that people like point to as a, as an issue. But, um, but I think, I, I think the margins, I, I'd be shocked if Texas goes to, to Biden. I would love it. I would love it. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm, I would be shocked too. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, uh, but um, but I think North Carolina goes to Biden. I think okay. Pennsylvania goes to Biden. We okay. learned that Thursday night, early Friday morning. Um, my, well, Pennsylvania my, might take a while. That, I don't think it will. I think it's okay. gonna. I think All it's right. gonna go faster than we're we're giving them credit okay. for because right. um, because the rural counties will vote on the day of. Um, if what I'm hearing is correct about Pennsylvania, like Michigan there are tons of people volunteering to come in and open envelopes and to help the process of counting the ballots go faster. Um, and I think that that will speed the process up considerably. That's, that is my, my hope. Um, but- I'm just going to, I'm just going to interrupt you because I got distracted by something I, on Facebook. I got messaged by somebody who is a, a friend of my family who is a, really, really extreme conservative and sent me a video that's titled, Every American Should See This Video. Oh boy. 
I'm kind of tempted to play that for us, but I think I've, I, I don't think I can do that sight unseen. So no, no, we're you just going to move on. <laughs> Everybody should see this video. It's probably got it. It's look, uh, Hunter Biden had a complete server room full of servers that he misplaced in a bag. And whoa, yes. whoa, whoa, what? Yes. At 72 gigabytes of incriminating evidence. Side note. I've had some good conversations with uh, Trump supporting college friends who were like, oh, this Hunter Biden thing's going to blow up. It's going to be amazing. I mean, I, you know, they're, they're watching Fox News and they're like, oh, it's coming. They've got documents. Like, oh, you mean those documents that got lost in the mail? Like the super damning documents that they're like, oh, we sent them via some national thing and they got mysteriously lost. And of course, we didn't take pictures of them or take copies of them. Why would we do that? Right. But it's a conspiracy. And then like, oh, they found them. But this is really Tucker's like, oh, I don't know, man, this is uh, this is bad stuff. But we should be nice to Hunter Biden. Yeah, what? that's that that maybe of anything gives me the most hope when yeah. Tucker Carl's like, you know what, uh, let's back off of Hunter Biden. There's nothing, no, nothing to see here. Like you've got nothing left. Um, anyway, Pennsylvania, I think goes for Biden, okay. Michigan, Biden, Wisconsin, Biden. And that's all she wrote, right? Uh, Arizona. I think Arizona is the other one. It's a big flip. I think Arizona is going to, I think Arizona is going to go solidly Biden four okay. points, maybe five points. Okay. Um, uh, what I've heard is that uh, Donald Trump has stopped campaigning for Maricopa County, which is where Phoenix is. And two thirds of the vote comes from that County and all of his Trips have been in the boonies in the yep. desert. Yeah. Um. I, I, so there you go. Uh, and so I, but I, yeah. I have so Biden like, like 306. 320, oh, three, I got 321. Maybe I'm missing one here, but 321 to, uh, you got North Carolina, right? Oh, Georgia. Yeah. That's the one I'm not, that's the one I'm missing there. Yeah, no, okay. I've got 306, 232. So okay. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to put the over under for by, I, look, I think Biden wins. Um, I'm an optimist, obviously. I'm a partisan, obviously. Um, I, I, the numbers, the fundamentals all seem too good. Um, the, too much of the vote has been locked in. You know, Trump has really made no inroads in any way, shape, yeah. or form. If the polling was bad, if the polling has been consistently bad in exactly the same way for eight months, that would be mind-boggling, right? Because nobody's more skeptical than the other pollsters and, you know, sniping at each other and, you know, and they still can't find big holes in the ways that people are doing things, except the big extremes on the ends. Right. So, you know, the big tails like the UNC Dorn safe and the, you know, the, uh, the Trafalgar, you know, sort of crack pipe vote where they're like, Oh yeah, it's Trump plus six nationally. Like, okay, no, but uh, I, you know, I think, I think Biden, um, I don't think there's any time for anything to come out. Um, if anything you know, actually, come it's out, interesting. It, it was like, it was like uh, oh, shoot, who was it? It was Hannity was interviewing Bannon, I think it was. And he's like talking about like, you know, some, you know, like what the big bombshell is coming out. Like he's like ready for the big bombshell to come out before the election. And, and, and Bannon's just like, oh, like that, that was it. The, the hunter thing was a big bummer. Do you remember that thing? No, I don't remember that thing. Ooh, yeah, like bummer, because that was it. Yeah. Um, one last thing on on polls and that kind of thing. Um, Five thirty eight. I 
they did they do their polar coaster thing where basically they, they do polling of their own and they ask questions that are a little bit deeper than just sort of like the raw mm. number stuff. And um and they they were going over this and one of the interesting ones was like what are the news stories that you're following, right? Like, what are the things that are sort of most prominent yeah. for you? And if you looked at like Democrats and independents, um, the top five stories were like things like COVID and, and uh, you know. And, Double COVID. Yeah. yeah. And so like, and all of them were, were leading to them to have more negative impressions of Trump. Now, 2016, what happened was all those sort of last minute news stories were all things that were negative against Clinton. So that's totally flipped this time. Mm, yeah, true. Um, but what's interesting is if you took to, that when you looked at Republicans, so the Republicans who watch Fox News and Republicans who did not watch Fox News. Of the Republicans who watch Fox News, they had a completely different set of stories they were following versus what everybody else was following. And of course, like Hunter Biden was like at the top of the list and nobody else is paying attention to it. Like that, that... That's the bubble. And so... Well, the guy from The Intercept, the guy who founded The Intercept. Oh, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, that whole yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. He's... Anyhow. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we're saying we're going, in, we're going into election day. Yep. We feel good about the presidential. We feel yes. good about the Senate. Yes. You, know, I, I, you know, I think... I actually think uh, we get 52 Senate seats. Um, I think that's where we end up. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we should be just, uh, should be smooth sailing. I mean, I really and truly like, uh, I'm, I am afraid for the safety of people in certain places for the next, and this includes my wife, who's going to be a poll observer in Wisconsin on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm concerned for the safety of people for a week. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really think that um, although I'm going to have a question for you. I'm going to have an over-under question for you in a minute. But okay, all right. I don't really think that, you know, Donald Trump is going to try to stay in power if he loses, you know, or, you know, some kind of coup. I don't think that's happening um, because in the end, he's a coward, right? And, yeah. and that would be too much. I think that would, that would put too much out put himself too much out there. Uh, he'd much rather play a victim than uh, just sort of open himself up to that much criticism. Yeah. Um, but here's my over-under question for you. Over-under on the uh, over-under number of lawsuits uh, to throw out ballots um, on or after election day. I'm going to, I'm going to set that number at 15 over and under over and under over. go. Over, over, <laughs> way over. He's like, just over. I'll, I'll give you odds. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. You know, I. It's something maybe I states with is, maybe maybe it's states with with lawsuits. Yeah. After filed after election day. Yeah, I was just like thinking as we're we're talking through this, like, you know, it, Trump had a plan of a sort, right? He he. His plan was he's going to, Biden was the person he's expecting to run against. And his intention was to portray Biden as corrupted. And then the other part of his plan was to uh, undermine mail-in voting. 
Like these are the sort of the two sort of main things that he's been trying to do. The Biden thing, he blew most of his ammunition many, many, many months ago before Biden had even won the nomination. And so all of that has been well vetted. It's been worked out of the system. The Hunter Biden thing was so concocted and, and goofy that it that the only thing that sort of made it into mainstream media is the fact that it's concocted and goofy. Like the actual yeah. like story has been, and even if you take the worst interpretation of the story, it's Hunter, Hunter seems to suggest he was trying to get benefit, but there's no evidence presented even there that Biden actually got anything out of this. No. So. And thankfully all of that was delivered by Rudy Giuliani, who then got Boratted. And like, yes. you're like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, so, America's like, mayor. And so there's that. And then like with the, with the mail-in voting, he was so early on that in trying to screw up the, the mail system that it made everybody that much more conscious that they need to get their votes in early. It made yeah. everybody say, you can do mail-in voting, but drop it off somewhere. And it made a lot of places go, okay, we're gonna add drop boxes when we weren't originally planning to have them and things like that. And, and you know, a week out before the election, people were like, if you were planning to mail it in, you either need to drop it off or you need to vote in person. And like, so he has undermined his efforts to try to sabotage this election in multiple ways because he's right. just bad at this. <laughs> I, I like it. It would be very on brand for his presidency to end in a very consistent way, which is yeah. through incompetence. Yeah. His, I mean, his only successes yeah. in life have come from birth or dumb luck, not because he knew better than anybody else. Okay. Well, that feels good. Yeah. I do. I feel better. I, I got to tell you, I, you know, anybody watching, I hope you feel better too. Like I, I feel a little better, not just because I've had this, this really nice sour IPA from Waypost Brewing hurt. in Fenville, Michigan. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Um, but I think, you know, talking it through and kind of saying, yeah. Yeah. Know, and like, I'm not, okay, we're in our like, own bubble. We're yeah, in our own I'm bubble, like, but I'm not trying to be a naive idealist optimist. Like it's all going to be perfectly fine. Like, no, I think it's going to be a giant fucking mess, <laughs> but you know, I, I think just the weight of everything is working against Trump. He isn't yeah. getting more people to vote for him than he got to vote for him in 2016. Um, you know, I, I just I posted on Facebook the other day, like of the people, you know, um, how, like, basically, who is voting for somebody different this time than they did last time? I mean, basically, like, if they're a Clinton yeah. voter or they vote for Clinton, sorry. I didn't get, like, I think I got, like, one person who said that, like, they were going the other direction. Everybody else who posted was like, I know two people who didn't vote last time but are voting for Biden. I know yeah. three people last time who voted for Trump but are voting for Biden. I know five people, two of whom are in Florida, who either didn't vote or voted for Trump are now voting for Biden. Right. So... And like enthusiastically, so like we got to get rid of this idiot. Yeah. So I, I, I think that that's a really good point that Trump has always had a ceiling, right? And, and he's played very hard to that, that right. group that makes that up. And yeah, you know, the, the sort of message that Trump has been reaching out to the African-American community and to the Latino community, I, I, I suspect, to be honest, that his numbers might go up in in some demographics. Um, but it also seems like they're going down in others. Um, so who make up a bigger proportion of the electorate. 
Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, it, know at the end of the day, the, the, one of the biggest single differences here is that people seem to like Joe Biden um, and either through sexism or whatever, they, a lot of people didn't like Hillary Clinton and there's, um, and you can hear it's been a long week of, of talking on the phone and stuff because I start to sound like Bill Clinton. Uh, people didn't like Hillary. I don't know why. Um, but this is a different, this is a different case, you know, and yeah. I, I, my favorite line from the second debate was, you know, you're confused, Donald J. Trump. You don't know who you're running against. You're running against Joe Biden. Um, and I think, you I know, he's running against Hunter Biden. Or, wait, yeah, what? exactly. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He still doesn't, he, he's still not consistent on it. So no discipline, no good message. And he's so deep in his own bubble. He's like believing his own, like his own BS messaging and it has nothing to do yeah. with what's actually going on in the election. Yeah, there it is. So, all right. So that's the bottom line. We feel yeah. good. We feel we good. Feel good. We're a few days away. Like, like got anxious stuff to as do. hell. Yeah. Freaking out. I, I've got a, a bottle of whiskey to like get me through <laughs> election night. But uh, yeah, no, I'm feeling good. like this is going to work out. I mean, I think, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough couple months uh, in the transition. If, if that all goes well, we still yeah. got to deal with, you know, like the Senate has already said, well, we're not going to do anything on COVID until the new year. So. Yeah. Well, and, and McConnell's like, but I'm still going to try to get some judges in there. So. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, hopefully here's what I'm hoping happens. Right. So Tuesday night we do a little podcast. We're, we're back here joining people. We do 15 minutes on good news, guys. We still have no idea what's going on. We'll talk to you tomorrow, but hopefully we'll be able to say Florida is called for Biden. Um, again, I, I really do hope that Florida goes to Biden because um, that'll make, that'll make it possible to sleep on Tuesday night. Oh yeah. Um, then we can start talking about the ridiculous things that are happening in the lame duck. Yeah. Lame duck. So you, so you want to do a pod on Tuesday then? Is what you're I do. Me. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. So we got a plan for that. Cause like I, I, I haven't worked in my schedule. So we're not the phone schedule. But... <laughs> we'll just find a time to do it. It's all right. I've taken fine. Tuesday off. Like I said, so I'll be, yeah, I'll be me around. too. So maybe I'll we'll be do, around. We'll do an early, early happy hour kind of thing. And yeah. Two, we'll, two we'll, things we'll I want before the polls close. Two things I want to say before, uh, you know, before we sign off. One yeah. is, you know, if you happen to be listening and you're trying to find something to do, you know, again, you know, Vote Saves America helps swing left. You can look on there. They've got a lot of great things. It's possible to, you know, text banking is super easy. It's not as cringy, awkward as phone banking is. Um, There's still lots of ways to, to be involved. Um, that's one. Uh, two is... Uh, Maybe three things actually. Happy Halloween. Uh, and three oh, yes. is a um, small shout out to Sean Connery who passed away today. Oh, nice. uh, the original, in my mind, James Bond. Um, just had to call it out. Uh, 2020 continues to suck. That's okay. Continues we'll to get suck. Through it. 2020, turn around. 2020 will end. 2021 will. Well, we're going to find out if 2021 is going to be better very soon so we'll see how that there goes it is. but anyhow counting it down counting it down five foot nine 78 year old former vice president Joe 
Byron. The conductor, Joe Biden. <laughs> Perfect. All right. We'll see you on the other side. Take care, everybody. Stay safe, stay sane, wear a mask, and vote. That's right. Bye-bye.